1: There's that personal relationship. You're not just saying, oh, yeah, I'm a Baptist, so I'm good to go. You know, I know I'm going to heaven when I die because 30 years ago, I went down and said, preacher, I want to go to heaven when I die, so I'm going to accept Jesus as my Savior, and He baptized me, and so I'm in. No, no, no. That's a religious, ritualistic kind of perception, perspective. No. Jesus wants your heart. He wants your friendship. He wants to be in in relationship with you. As
0: Pastor Robert continues his teaching through the book of Acts, he'll be reminding us that God desires us to have a relationship with Him. Jesus wants your heart, not religious rituals and vain ceremonies. When you spend intimate time with the Lord, you naturally become more and more like Him. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert with today's message.
2: His love is the
1: when the Bible talks about living godly, it's talking about seeking to be like Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. He tells us He wants us to be like Him. To be like Jesus means to live selflessly and sacrificially. It means to pursue Him, to look to Him to lead us and guide us. Do you realize that Paul also told us that those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Not everybody who calls himself Christian, sings the songs and prays the prayers and reads the book, not all of those people are His. I can't possibly know your heart. I don't know if you're His or not. If you're being led by His Spirit, if you're in a personal relationship with Him, whereby you know, you know, know, day to day, you're, Lord, I, I want you to be in charge of my life today. I want you to lead me. I want you to guide me. I, I want your plan. I know that your plan is the right plan, and so I want your plan. And you told me that you've prepared good works beforehand for me to walk in. Well, I want to walk in those good works. I want to be led by your Spirit. See, if it's that kind of personal relationship... Well, then you're seeking to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. Does that make sense? You're pursuing it. It's an active thing where you're actually in your reality seeking His will, His plan, His power, His forgiveness, His grace. There's that personal relationship. You're not just saying, oh, yeah, I'm a Baptist, so I'm good to go. You know, I know I'm going to heaven when I die because 30 years ago, I went down and said, preacher, I want to go to heaven when I die, so I'm going to accept Jesus as my Savior and he baptized me, and so I'm in. No, no, no. That's a religious, ritualistic kind of perception, perspective. No. Jesus wants your heart. He wants your friendship. He wants to be in in relationship with you. If you're seeking to live godly in Christ Jesus, you're going to suffer persecution. And boy, these people did. You know, Jesus had told them, you're going to be, um, you're going to be my witnesses in, in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. But what were they doing? The same thing that so much of the church is doing today. Just enjoying themselves at home. They were meeting from house to house. They were going into the synagogue and, 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 you know, they they were sharing meals together. They were making sure that that the family was cared for and and all of that's good stuff. Don't misunderstand me. But it's not all he said we should be doing, is it? And so the implication here is that he used the persecution to goad them into action. It's interesting in chapter 9, he says to Saul... As he confronts him on the road to Damascus, he says, you know, it's, it's hard to kick against the goads. And I asked for a show of hands in the first service. How many even knows what a goad is? Two people raised their hand. It's just like a sharp stick. When you goad someone into action, the idea is like you're poking them with something sharp. And, and you're, you're goading them along. It's like, get moving. Come on. We don't have all day here. And it's that you're goading someone into action. And it's interesting because, see, it seems that Paul was kicking against the goads Jesus was using in his life to goad him toward relationship, toward acceptance of Christ. Stephen was one of those goads, and we discussed that last week. Stephen was one of the goads that Jesus was using in Paul's life. But listen, Paul was one of the goads that Jesus used with the early church. Thousands of you here in Jerusalem, and, and, and there are people in Samaria, there are people all over Judea, people all over the world that need to hear. And you're just going to continue, you know, talking to nobody but your neighbors? I don't know. Get moving. Get going. And so we're told in, in, in verse 3, As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house, Dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Their home groups took on a different flavor. Do you understand? Because now they never knew. Every night they're gathering together in homes, you know, breaking bread and learning together, worshiping together, praying together. But all of a sudden now, Saul starts coming with the troops, arresting people and taking them to prison because of their faith in the Lord Jesus. Persecution. And so they scattered like salt through the world. It's interesting, you know, have you ever taken like a, I mean, I know all of you are too smart to do this, but like a thing of mustard, you know, one of the little packets you get from Burger King or McDonald's and, and stomped it. What happens? Just goes everywhere, doesn't it? Saul thought that by putting his foot down, by squashing the early Christians, that he would squash the early church. What he did was scatter it all over the place. And that's exactly what God intended. It's exactly what he intended listen i was thinking about how we tend to say blessed we are in the united states that we can gather together we can worship as we choose you know we we have this freedom to worship the lord jesus and to to sing and to worship and to study and, and i realized you know what i'm not so sure it's as, it, it, i'm not so sure it's a blessing because we are by and large, soft as Christians. It's amazing. It's amazing the kind of things I hear. And again, I know none of you are guilty of this. You know, it's it's, it's Christians in Hialeah I'm talking about. Okay, none of you <laughs> are guilty of this, right? Complaining about, you know, getting up early on Sunday morning or how hard it is to find parking or, or you know, it, it's just... I I'd love to, to go and do a missions trip, but, you know, I only get two weeks of vacation every year. And, I mean, that's like $1,000, man, $1,000. It's a lot of money. We are so soft. We are. And I think a little persecution might be good for us. This guy asked the, he, I know, I'm not signing up for it either. I'm just telling you the truth. <laughs> Tertullian, an early church leader, wrote a book in 197 A.D. entitled The Apology. In it, Tertullian writes to the Roman governor of his province, refuting various false charges being made against Christians and the Christian faith, arguing that the followers of Christ were loyal subjects of the empire and thus should not be persecuted. At any rate, Tertullian observes, the persecution was failing to destroy Christianity. He writes, Kill us, torture us, condemn us, grind us to dust. Your injustice is the proof that we're innocent. Therefore, God allows that we thus suffer. When you recently condemned a Christian woman to the lino rather than to the leo, and what he's saying there is you condemned her to be identified as a prostitute rather than delivering her to the lions. He said, when you did that, you made confession that a taint on our purity is considered among us something more terrible than any punishment and any death. Nor does your cruelty, however exquisite, avail you. It is rather a temptation. To us, the oftener we're mown down by you, the more in number we grow. The blood of Christians is seed. You understand what he's saying? When the blood of Christians is poured out in persecution, the blood of one Christian fertilizes the ground so that thousands grow. That's what he's saying. It became a a famous cliche. You know, the, the the blood of the martyrs is the seeds of the church, and there's truth to it. But this article. This article, it goes on to ask some questions that, that I found really intriguing. Is persecution really good for church growth? And, and he goes. this author goes back and forth in this article. It, is persecution really good, beneficial to church growth? The answer to that is no. But I want to explain that. When, when persecution happens, people who are not serious about their faith... People who don't know that they know that they know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, came and was crucified for our sin, rose on the third day, ascended to the right hand of the Father, and is is waiting for us to join Him there. People that don't know that they know that, when real persecution happens, they don't show up.
0: We're so glad you joined us today for today's edition of Main Thing Radio. Pastor Robert will be back with another message from God's Word soon. But in the meantime, we'd like to invite you to visit our website MainThingRadio.com and like our Facebook page. Keep up to date on everything happening in Main Thing Radio and receive a dose of encouragement right on your newsfeed. Right now, we'd like to take a minute to tell you how you can support the ministry of Main Thing Radio. We are blessed to be a part of God's kingdom advancement through these broadcasts. But just as with any ministry, there are significant costs involved. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with us in our continuing ministry here at Main Thing Radio? This month, we have a special thank you gift. For any donation of $15 or more, we'll send you a copy of Randy Alcorn's book, Heaven. This book shares insights, research from the Bible itself, that give us a picture of what heaven will be like and may challenge some of what you previously believed about our eternal home. This gift is yours is our way of saying thank you for your donation to Main Thing Radio. For more information or to contribute, please visit MainThingRadio.com and click Donate at the top of the page. From all of us at Main Thing Radio, we want to thank you for joining us for today's message. Be sure to tune in again right here on Main Thing Radio.